Welcome, friends, to the Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast. I'm your host, Connie, and I have a very special guest in honor of Infant Loss Awareness Month. I have gotten Kim Peacock to come on the show. She is the author of Victoria's Heart, which details her handling of grief over her 17-year-old daughter's death. She is going to talk to us about all things to do with child loss and how to overcome it. And she's going to do it in a way that brings hope and encouragement in the midst of a very dark situation. Kim, what an honor it is to have you on the show. I have goosebumps just sitting here. As I was telling you before uh, we got started, this is a, a very difficult month for me as two of my three losses happened in October. So it is absolutely a privilege to get to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Connie. I really appreciate it. It is. It seems like um, it is a difficult month and a different, difficult time. So um, grief is a part of a lot of our journeys right now. It really is. It doesn't. It seem like it's kind of just hit more people through this mm-hmm. last 2020 and 2021. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been kind of nuts. So it has. <laughs> tell us a little bit about where you're coming from. Um, you're in Tennessee, is that correct? No, you were in Tennessee. Now you're in California. Am I no, right? Opposite. 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 We're in yeah. California. Now you're in Tennessee. Okay, pardon. Yeah. How is the weather in Tennessee? It. We have rain, and it finally is feeling like fall. So it's been sprinkling on and off today, and I actually saw some fall leaves this morning. So wow. we're in like in the sixties. So it's not I feel cold you feel cold it's it's (laughs) and I understand the kind of like that rainy weather I love the rain yeah I feel cold but oh well (laughs) so tell us a little bit before no go ahead I'm sorry I I was gonna say I used to and I really do enjoy the rain but I like now I appreciate those sunny days okay okay we don't get enough rain here. It's just too hot and humid mostly. So, but you know, I'm not a beach bunny. I would do better in Alaska or Canada, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> but so tell me a little bit about your story. Uh, going up to the book, of course, Victoria's Heart. I know you probably wouldn't have written that had your story not gone the way that it did. Um, but the Lord's plans are higher than ours. So tell us a little bit about, about how you got to that point and what happened in your life. Hmm. Yeah, we were before, prior to 1998, we were a typical blended family. We had, um, children from our previous marriages, my husband and I, Mm -hmm. um, and then we had one biological daughter together. And at that time we had adopted a son from Russia. So we were just the typical blended family. And everything seemed normal. I mean, we had the normal struggles like everybody else did. Mm-hmm. Um, we were busy, overworked, over, you know, all of the all of the stuff everybody experiences. Um, but in a few days, in 1989, a few days after Christmas, we went on our usual Pismo beach trip. That's when we lived in California okay. and we would go camping with whoever could go. Yeah. And, and we, it would just be a nice time to enjoy some sunshine and wind down from the holidays. Uh, okay. We did it often and we would camp there this particular year. We took off and um, one of our daughters were not able to go, but um, because of a, uh, 
uh, basketball tournament, but the rest of us piled in our truck and we headed on the road trip and um, talking about what we were going to do, our big plans, all of, all of the stuff. And so we set up camp and um, met some other family members. And then we went, we proceeded to go out on sand dunes and ride ATVs and play around in the sand. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking, it doesn't get better than this. I was sitting back, enjoying the sunshine, just thinking, this is good. This is life is good. I want to stop you right there. And I want, I want to stop you right there just for a minute, because you said you were thinking just how things couldn't get better than this. And not only is my family a blended family like yours is, but Mm -hmm. right before my life went into that tragic season, I was thinking the same thing. So I think I just want to put out to other people that I know that it doesn't, it doesn't matter who you lose or what type of crisis you have. That's always the setup, isn't it? We're in a season. It seems like it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Go back to it. I just wanted to focus on that because it just, it just hit me to the core. You know, and, but I'm glad you stopped me there because that is a good point. I was going to kind of move right through there, but even you stopping me makes me even realize that um, that is the way it is a lot of the times and our lives can change mm-hmm. like yours did. And yep. like mine did that day. Um, I glanced up on the sand dune to see our daughter, Nicole, who was riding a three-wheeler. Um, I had encouraged her to ride it because mm-hmm. she was holding back, letting everybody else go. Um, she was 17 at the time and she was the fixer of everybody. And um, I looked up in time to see her um, get, I think she got disoriented, but she went off a very steep sand dune and landed on her head. Oh, and that moment when we saw her going down off the, it's kind of a sand dune cliff. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, no, wait, time slowed down and no, wait, this doesn't, this isn't her. And, you know, my body was trying to process mm-hmm. what my eyes was my eyes were seeing and my husband got to her first and he pulled off her helmet and she was unresponsive. So he began to do CPR and, um, we rushed her to the, to the beach to meet the ambulance and, um, the paramedics were working on her. But when I met my husband's eyes, I knew that it was serious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I knew. Um, and our lives changed that day. It went from, it can't get any better than this to the deep pit that I thought I would never survive. When that happened, how long did it take for your head to enter back into the game? Because I remember when I experienced the the death of my son, it was like my body was there, but my 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 internal person just it just went somewhere else, and it, mm-hmm. it felt like forever. But did, did you experience that similar, just this kind of detaching where you're watching it, but you're not? <laughs> yeah, and totally. That's a, that's a great description. That's how I felt just like I was there, but I wasn't. And, and I can't, and I don't know about you, but I can't remember a lot of it. Yeah, um, Things come point. to me in snapshots. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember moments. I remember certain things. Uh, and sometimes I, I remember things in maybe a little bit of slanted way. So I have to ask the other people that were there, okay, is this 
how it really happened. And a lot of it is pretty close, but I have to change, you know, remember the, remember it accurately, but yeah, completely agree. I felt very detached. Um, of course it was very surreal and, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it was just one of those times that I felt like, okay, this cannot be happening. You know, where I believe in a lot of ways, that's God's way of protecting us because yes. if we were to absorb the full reality of what's happening, we would, we wouldn't, we would just fall apart. We would not be able to take another step to, yes. to walk. Yes. To Tony talk, Evans to puts we it just- my favorite way. He says, if God showed us the entire path that we were to take, we would refuse to take the first step. Yes. Uh, yes. That's perfect. That. And that's a good description. That's how, if we had known, we wouldn't, we'd just say, forget it. We're not going there. Yeah. Yep. So in, so how long did your daughter, was she pronounced dead at the scene or did she go into the hospital for a while? No, she, well, when we went, they were working on her, but when Mm -hmm. the doctor came in immediately after he said his words to us were basically, she died at the beach. So, um, we believe it was instant, which, um, I still feel like that was a pretty blunt way to say what needed to be said, but it was, it was the truth. And, um, we, our family immediately went into prayer. Um, the chaplain came in and asked if we wanted to pray the Lord's prayer with him. And we had other family members there and we said, no, we want to pray from our hearts. And we just started. I love that answer. Oh, and you know, and I know though, all of those little steps were God going, okay, no, this, this is survive. So I hate to use the word survival because it's more than that. But for right now, this is your lifeline. You need to seek me. And so we all gathered around together and we just began to pray. Um, And one of the things my husband said in the prayer is Lord, please keep Satan out and out of our hearts, out of our minds. And I'm a big wimp. So he knew I would need to completely lean on the Lord. All of us would. I love that. Lord, please keep Satan out of our minds, out of our hearts. That is uh, so important. You know, these things in our lives, anything that happens that we don't want, we don't think is right. We think we could have done better than God. Those are always opportunities for us to become bitter or better one or the other. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Satan is always looking to use an already established weakness and already established, um, break in your wall mentally, emotionally, Mm -hmm. financially, spiritually, And hit you where it hurts. And it comes in the form of lies. It comes in the form of loss. And so Mm -hmm. that prayer was a testimony to the childlike simpleness. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't his words weren't deep. His words weren't prophetic or, or theological. They were just simple. Lord, protect us. And I bet you a hundred percent that you were sitting here doing this ministry that you're doing that is affecting the lives of so many people because your husband was led in the spirit, I believe, to pray in that moment. Essentially, don't let this situation be used by the enemy, but let it be used for your glory and your good God. What a sacrifice. 
It, I couldn't agree with you more. And I believe that was the Holy Spirit prompting him to pray that he and he actually said that to me often um, after that, because he could tell when I was when I was hovering over the pit, he could tell when I was really struggling. And I mean, there were really hard, dark yes. days. Yes. The, and and that is what where grief takes us because it's a deep sorrow that that is a ripping it's not natural you know losing a child as you know is is not natural not supposed it's supposed to happen mm-mm. and it's not what you ever picture happening and i really believed that 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 nothing like that would ever happen to me because god i used i misused um scripture and kind of changed it to slant my way, but God would never give me anything that I couldn't handle. This was before she passed away. I had the more of the, Mm -hmm. if I'm a good little Christian girl, everything's going to go fine and I'm going to be happy and everything's going to be right. The problem is that's not biblical. And that's not interesting. That's not as well, because uh, a little bit different, but same when, when I got pregnant, I, I'm actually was a barren woman and the Lord made a way for me to have seven children. I didn't get to keep all of them. and I I didn't give birth to all of them, but I, uh, and I thought in my mind when he promised me children Mm -hmm. that he was saying, literally, I'm going to give you the children and you're going to get to have them. I mean, they're going to be yours. Mm -hmm. And then I, my twin pregnancy was the one where we lost our son. And I remember that whole time up until I ended up in the hospital, my mindset was I finally reached my time in quotations, my time of rest, Mm -hmm. my time of blessing, my time of peace. I had uh, in my life been through so much before this season of infertility that lasted almost eight years, but I had felt such a wounding in my spirit where all that anybody associated with me was grief and loss and sorrow. And so there was something about being pregnant, the barren woman being pregnant with twins. And I think I elevated that into a place of, of not perceiving you know, got what God was actually saying. And it, it became mm-hmm. wanting the babies more than it was wanting God. And no, I'm not saying that God took my son to punish me. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying at all. But I'm saying that we as humans have a tendency to be going along in our lives and thinking that we are following Christ in the right way. And he gently shows us as we go along our journey. And sometimes it is through very painful situations that we're not doing it right. We're not understanding it right. And the way to closeness with God, I think you would agree, is to have a, a relationship with him that's in the correct way, understanding him correctly and reading his truth correctly, because that's where we can truly be anchored to who he is. And really, that's the only thing that can anchor us. That's a hundred percent. I do want to go back and I just think it's precious. You are still the mama of all those little yes, seven I babies. I, I have to just go back <laughs> there for a second. Cause I think your heart needs to hear that. Yeah, it does. Um, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. I, I, 
and I may have gotten off track, but that I felt like that was important to just mention. No, it, but it you were, means a lot to me. Really, really okay. does. Okay. It really does. Because you are, and they are alive. The ones that are in heaven are in heaven and the ones on earth will see the ones in heaven. Yeah. And it's awesome. But I, I really feel like it is a hundred percent what you're saying. I think my view of God before Nicole passed away was a very surface, yes, surface level, um, very comfort based. Mm-hmm. What you know, pursuing my dreams, and and there's nothing wrong with doing that. He exactly. gives us passion on this yes. earth. We, you know, we are called to live with purpose. All of those things are are part of our journey but not the focus of our journey. The focus of our journey is only God, only to to glorify him, to love him first and love his people second. That's our only purpose. And and it's easy. And I don't think God punished us by taking our children. I don't think he took our children. I think our children, the days they were on the earth were their days. They were ordained. They were ordained. And then it was time for them to go be with him. We may never know on this side of heaven Mm -hmm. why. You're right. Yes. But but I do believe his glory is there's hope and there's healing in the midst of grief. So so we're gonna grieve because that's natural, that's normal. Um and and the Bible tells us you know we can go together. You don't have to not have grief to have the gospel. Jesus came and he suffered and the suffering hurt and he went to the cross and he went there alone and it hurt more than we could ever know. And the the grief didn't disappear when he rose from the grave. It was conquered. It was conquered. A hundred percent. Now I have chill bumps, girl. (laughs) (laughs) And another thing we like to do, (coughs) excuse me, is when we have grief and something happens, uh, we lose a child and we think, it didn't have to be this way. You could have healed him. Yes, he could have. But what would mm-hmm. that healing have looked like? At what point do we stop telling God how to be God? And do we mm-hmm. submit to his authority that his ways are higher than our ways? His thoughts are higher mm-hmm. than our thoughts. And what if the healing that we asked for would have been more terrible than our child being totally perfect in heaven with the Lord? So we like to memorialize mm-hmm. and, things. And they may not have mm-hmm. been that good. You know, and that is a good point. Um, and it's a really a selfish and I'm not saying it's, it's selfish to grieve, but in some ways we just want them. It's because we're hurting so much without them. Mm -hmm. And the hurt is still there. Just like you described a few minutes ago, it hurts. It's dark. It's, it's, it feels devastating. And there's times that we do not feel like we're going to survive. Yes. But he carries us and he picks us up because of that sacrifice that you mentioned a few moments ago that he willingly made because of that sacrifice. We can we can grieve with hope because we know our kids are in heaven. They're going to they're more alive than we are. And because if we have faith in Jesus, Mm -hmm. if we believe in him, we're going to see him again. And that's where the hope is. Um, the hope is in him. And that's why I had to really move out of that comfort surface mentality. And, and I can't, my mind is blank on the verse, but it's the verse that talks about think on things that are, are eternal, the things unseen. Um, I think it's in Corinthians, but we, if we look to the things that are unseen, because those are the eternal things, not the temporary things. Yes. 
So I've had to really, and I have to remind myself often to make that shift. Okay, Kim, you're too comfort surface based. Mm. And this earth is hard. This world is hard. Yes. Man um, is born for but troubles. It's not always the sparks be. fly upward. <laughs> so that is what we are, we are made for is trouble, <laughs> yeah. trouble. Another thing that gets trouble, me. Trouble, trouble. <laughs> yes. Is when one of the biggest breakthroughs I had after my loss, and maybe something like this you can attest to as well, was finally coming to a place where I could be honest with God about what I was feeling. Because when my son died, your initial is, you know, shock and all that stuff. And then you move into grief, but then you move into the, I think it's like that pivotal fork in the road where you're either going to turn down the pathway of anger towards God, or you're going to turn down towards the uh, submission, surrender, and okay, whatever it is that you have for me. And I was sitting at my infant daughter shortly after getting her home from the NICU uh, at the, her doctor appointment. And I couldn't help myself. I just started crying there in the waiting room. And I was talking to the Lord and I said, you were supposed to protect me. Mm. You told me you would protect me. Mm. And so clearly he spoke to my spirit and he said, Connie, I did protect you. Your view of protection is comfort. My mm. view of protection is doing and allowing anything into your life that will make you into the woman that I created you to be. And that is a mm. woman who wholeheartedly loves me. Mm. And it was like a light switch came on, not pain was removed, but it was like in that moment, I was able to see the true heart of God enough to get mm -hmm. me to choose to believe he is good and this is for my good. And that is all that I need to know. There is power in not knowing. There is power in the fact that mm -hmm. we do not have to know to explain why our God is good, that the simple belief is enough to anchor our soul and to help us to move onward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful. I have to say my pivotal moment was a little more wrestling with him. I struggled a little more um, through that process. Just, I would say it was, it just lasted mm -hmm. a little longer than it needed to. Um, I did have moments of anger, but I just had moments of, like you said, you were supposed to protect me. Mine was why? Yeah. I don't understand. And so I decided I needed to figure out why. So I would go on all these little discoveries to figure out the meaning, the big meaning. Yeah. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Now, I will say in that I found lots of blessings. There were lots yes. of people yes. that came to the Lord, lots of great stories about Nicole. She really impacted a lot of people um, in a short 17 years. She, mm -hmm. she really loved people. So there were a lot of beautiful testimonies. But what, when my pivotal moment came was when the Lord, when I felt like the Lord said, you're never going to know the full reason why, because you, um, you are not, um, your capacity for that knowledge, you're, you're, imp you're not, you're not able to handle that. You're incapable of physically and emotionally handling that 
because he is God and he, he has no limits, but I'm human. He doesn't know time. He doesn't know any of that, but, and he's our creator, but I'm human and I am very limited, but yes. I feel like he gave me those blessings. Now I call it, I used to call it the, the reasons, but the blessings for comfort. And he, and I felt like he was saying to me, good things are going to come from this. But like you said, your comfort is going to be when you're in heaven with me yes. and your purpose is to go deeper instead of being on such a surface level. Yes. And that's, and how you said, I love that you were supposed to protect me. And he said, you did, he did protect you. Mm -hmm. His protection for us is to pr protect our spirit, our heart, are yes. the eternal part of us. Yes. Because this life is super fleeting and super short. Yes. So I, I love that. Yes. I have found that this loss and grief, it's, it's this weird thing because I honestly can say I wouldn't trade it because of my relationship, what I have with the Lord. And I think back even before this whole little thing that we've got off talking about, you know, you talked about your relationship with the Lord being made so much stronger. And I think that was the same for me that had I gotten to keep all these babies, what story, what, what ministry would I have? What testimony would I have to anyone aside from the fact that if you pray and believe big things, you're going to get what you want. Yeah. It was through this, as you called it, this tearing, this breaking away that not only was my life deepened to know Jesus in a way that I never could have known him otherwise, mm -hmm. but also the reach and the testimony that I have now of his goodness to help other people is so much more effective than just, well, pray harder, pray big things, mm -hmm. believe that's what it would have been. And who would that really have helped? Right. Because that's not right. how we operate. I, no, because, he, you know, his purposes and his will are so far reaching. Mm -hmm. And and that's with, with me too, even just the miraculous. And I really, and I really mean it when I say this, I, I am a wimp. I just in life, I'm a comfort seeker tip for my, my, my natural person. So the miracle of the victorious way he has carried me through. And I say victorious because it is, it's, it's a miracle that I'm walking, that I'm talking, that I'm ministering, that I'm talking to other people about this, because I believe earnestly that this is, this is the miracle that he has carried me through. And mm -hmm. there was a lot of times he kind of picked me up and I was being a little bit bratty. And I didn't yeah. want to be, I just wanted to crawl in a hole. And he goes, no, you're not going to a few days after Nicole passed away. Um, somebody gave us a bookmark that's had her name. And then it says Victoria's heart underneath it, Aww. which is the name of my book, yes. but that's the meaning of her name. And wow. so when I saw that bookmark, it, a little seed was planted and I think he was going, okay victorious. What does victorious means? That means you have to be brave. Well, I didn't feel brave. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I did not feel brave. And Joshua one, nine 
coupled with that bookmark, mm. you know, it says be strong and courageous. We can be strong and courageous because he's with us, yes. not because I'm strong on my own, but I can be, I can be brave because he is with me. And yes. so those two words, victorious and brave, they go along together for me, because only with him can I be victorious. Only with him can I have a victorious heart. And mm. even though those are wor perfect words to describe Nicole and her earthly life, it also was a conduit for me for healing. Like, okay, wow. come on, Kim, yes. you have, you have work to do yes. and you know, you don't have much time. So get, get to work kind of thing. Yes. That's, that's powerful. So tell us a little bit about your book. We know now okay. why it was written. So tell us a little bit about it. Well, I wrote Victoria's Heart not to just be our story about mm -hmm. child loss, because um, my story is no more important or significant than anybody else's story. We all have a story. Yes. Amen. But I felt the Lord compelling me, you know, and we all do. We all, and a lot of us, I just want to kind of go on a little side note. A lot of us share our story, maybe not by writing a book, but like yes. you have a podcast, you're yes. sharing your story. Um, it's your testimony. You know, some people um, may just minister and love on people that yes. are, have if suffered they're the same way. through their suffering. Yeah. Exactly. But I felt like the Lord was compelling me to write sort of a guidebook. So it has our story all the way throughout, um, throughout the book, but it also has things that helped me as mm -hmm. I grieved um, and things that did not help me, but I'm, I'm very um, adamant about everybody has their own grief journey. No yes. two people grieve the same. So, you know, I mentioned that a lot throughout the book. So at the end of each chapter, there's um, one called um, now my mind just went blank. <laughs> right. I should know my own book. It just went away. Um, so one's to the person about their grief and then one's called loving them. Well, that's it. Oh, I love and that. so one is, is just, and you know, it's for the people who are walking with others. That's the loving yes. them well. And then the other section just talks about, these are some things that help me give yourself permission to grieve the way, for instance, you know, give yourself permission to grieve the way that brings you the most comfort because we all are different. God, yes. we're all specifically created in unique, beautiful ways. We so are. what works for one person may not work for the other. So these are some things that helped me. These are some things that didn't work so well with me. You know, you could also try these things. I also have other people's stories in there of things that help them. So it's just our grief journey. And it, we also talk about um, holidays, how we dealt with holidays, birthdays. That is so important. So important. It's, Cause that has been in the later years yes. after say two or three years, boy, that's been a struggle. Oh, I bet. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I, I, uh, I totally get that, you know, with the twins, one living, one dying, it's this mm -hmm. terrible tug of war mm -hmm. every year mm -hmm. and every, every Christmas is bad too, but the birthday, there's just something about the birthday that is just about unbearable. And then unfortunately last year on my birthday, my dear, dear, I know everyone is not close with their grandma. But I was so close to my grandma and she died on my birthday last year. Wow. So it's just, I don't know. There's just almost this 
permanent apprehension that I wrestle with as we get close to birthday. Something about them has become tainted in my heart. So uh, I totally could benefit from, from reading about that, how you get through the holidays. It's, and it is hard and you have to learn to establish your own, what works for you. And one of the hard things for us, Nicole has a birthday and she has what we call her heaven day when she went to heaven, oh, I love that. but on your, on your baby's birthdays, you have a heaven day and a birthday on the same day. So that's, you know, I can see why that would be really difficult and, you know, and it is, there's, there's different ways of navigating it, but I would encourage you not to feel like you have to do anything that anybody else does do something weird, whatever it is. <laughs> I love that. I'm serious. <laughs> I you know, do something like totally, um, our first Christmas after Nicole passed away because she, um, died so close to Christmas. We still had our Christmas decorations up and everything when we got back. Oh, um, wow. How that must have just hurt. Yeah. And her and presents and even leftovers in the fridge. It was really, we had a dear friend that took care of all of that for us, but it was very hard. But the first Christmas after she went to heaven, I told my husband, I cannot look at those decorations because the last time I'd seen them, she was with me. And I said, and I can't, I can't be in this house. So we thought we would go to a cabin and this wonderful family that had, they called it a cabin, but it was like an 8,000 square foot house in the California yeah, mountains. Of <laughs> it was huge on a golf course. It was beautiful. They said, you know what? You can have our cabin over Christmas. So not only us, but our extended family got to go and it, we got to do something completely different. Wow. And it was a, a blessing. Thing. Yes. So I would encourage you and anybody that's struggling with the holidays and the birthdays, feel free, have, give yourself permission to do something different, whatever, whatever, whatever will honor your babies, both of them, their lives, but also protect your heart. I love that. I love that. Tell my audience where they can find you and where they can buy your book. Okay. My website is wildvictoriousheart.com. I love that. (laughs) And uh, so on there, you know, I write a blog. So I have the blog postings. I have some other interviews that are on there um, and uh, ways to get ways to connect with me, just different helpful things that it might, you know, be helpful for people, especially when they're struggling. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also a link on there that will take you to um, Amazon for my book, but you can get Victoria's Heart anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, any of those. Most of them, it's easier to get online because a lot of them are closed right now, but yeah, that's the best way. Well, Kim, is there anything else you would like to uh, leave our audience with encouragement wise or any other piece of wisdom? I would say to remember when we talked about this, but to remember your grief journey is your own mm-hmm. and that grief is not linear. It's not the straight up. You're getting better. You're getting better. There's going to mm-hmm. be low times. And if you have a low time, don't think that you're not grieving well, or that you're not, that you're going backwards. It's just part of the journey. It's not linear and just keep doing the next, next right thing that you can do. Yes. Um, sometimes that's just getting out of bed. Sometimes Love that's that. 
you know, just reading and don't expect a lot out of yourself. Don't say I'm going to read three chapters in the Bible a day, maybe pick up three verses, yeah. you know, and take small steps and just do the right thing. And, and just know that you will make it. You will yes, make it. You will. You will. Well, Kim, it has been an absolute honor to have you on the Weed, Seeds, and Beautiful Things podcast. Uh, I like to focus on real stories that help real people. And you have been an amazing guest. I do hope that you will come back on sometime down the road and keep us updated on everything that you're doing. And if you write any more books and friends, remember you Mm. can find Kim Peacock at wildvictoriousheart.com and you can buy her book, Victorious Heart on Amazon or anywhere that books are sold. I will put the link to all of her contact information in the show notes. Kim, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Connie. It's been a big blessing. All right. Well, we will see you guys next week. Take care and don't forget to share this podcast with all your family and friends and any stranger on the street that you meet because you never know Who needs to hear the story of how to be encouraged through a season of loss?